Okay, we're back yeah. with, uh, with another episode of uh, Getting to the Truth in This Art. I don't know if I'm going to change the name or not. but I love the name. <laughs> well, thank you. I have a, have a guest with me this week. Um, I'm going to call you both. I'm going to go back and forth the whole episode. It's like, because uh, my co-host is named Dan, so I'm going to yeah. call you that. But also, go by your your, your alias in this game in, uh, in business. Uh, hi. Yeah. It's from uh, Cold Rhymes Records. That's right. So I want to thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, taking this uh, this great Friday to come here to talk about Baltimore, to talk about art, and kind of talk about like your story, man. Oh man, thanks for having. Me. So you know, in a way, you know, you got to prep, you got to be prepared. So I was listening to some stuff. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely on Spotify checking out what's out there, and I was like, nice. "All right, cool, cool. I like what I'm hearing. I'm like what I'm hearing." And um, I'm one of those guys that. I want to say, like, it was a few years ago, I did, like, a bunch of radio, right? Um, I was sitting there, I was doing something within the community, and I just realized I was, like, interviewing rappers around Baltimore for, like, four hours. <laughs> and I was just, like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, if anybody is here whack, I'm going to give them shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's that's literally my, my position. And I can't say I've heard anything whack from what I've listened to from you earlier. Oh, thank you, man. That's just a, a good indictment, I think. Um, so tell us, well, tell me and the, the audience out here, you, Cold Rhymes, the whole thing. What what is what is that story? What is the beginning of it? And where is that now? Things of that nature. Well, I guess the beginning of me really doing my thing um, as far as this height stuff. Like I started, I, I did my first solo album in 2000. And I had, I had like... A group before that that we put out one album and did like some touring like a tiny amount of touring and yeah. stuff like that but like i started doing my thing around 2000 as a solo act and then um the cold rhymes thing didn't come across till much later okay yeah. um like uh and i was you know independently putting out records like everybody is but like i didn't think of the idea of like bringing other people in and like having one banner yeah for it till um like are are you familiar with friends records i i'm not i'm not they're they're i i think they're kind of on hiatus now but they were doing their thing for a long time um they put out some uh like future islands okay stuff yeah. and 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 so i was on that label for a minute mm -hmm. and I got a little frustrated with that. And I think they put out the first thing of mine in 2009 or 10. Okay. And um, they kind of helped me get my own label going. Because sure. I, I started getting to this point where I was putting out like a few albums a year and stuff. Yeah. And like, and, you know, it, I'm not ashamed to say it wasn't <laughs> the, I wasn't like the premier act on the label. And so like, like I, I needed my own thing where I could just make my own schedule and everything. And they they ended up hooking me up with the same distributor as them. Okay. And yeah. that was the point where they were the distributor was like, What's your label name? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> and so then it just became Cole Rhymes. And then okay. it, slowly from there it's been like branching out into more like other people's releases and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, like Looking at it and having a roster, like, you know, being being from here, kind of going to the point I, I was getting at earlier, I think about, like, things being decentralized, right? Like, when I see a Baltimore rapper or, or someone that's just in this area, I'm like, 
all right, what is this going to be about? And then when I come across somebody that's kind of different, like you kind of uh, like listening to Chad, um, yeah. Easy Jackson, and it's just like, all right, this is different. This is unique. This is not, you know, this kind of same commercial. I'm trying to get this ticket situation. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to like kill that and be like against what they're doing, but it's not for me. You know? Right, right, right. And I listen to it. It's like, all right, there, there's some art. There's some craftsmanship here. There's something being said here. And to kind of have this collaborative bring this thing together under one umbrella, I think that's a really good idea. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And yeah, and to, to me, it's been a lot about like, like, you know, there's not, you know, Chad was joking about like, his multi-million dollar deal with Cole Rhymes <laughs> on the last episode. But, um, like, you know, I, I think if anything, what, what, like when, when, when I started doing it, I was real concerned about like, what can I really offer people? Okay. Yeah. Like, like as far as acts, because I don't know, I've been on a lot of label. I've been on a lot of different labels through the years. And there's been a lot of times when I've been unhappy. Sure. And, I, and I'm like, we don't have any money. We don't have anything. So what what can we do? And it's like, I think like the biggest thing that we help do is just organization. Okay. Yeah. Like, cause it, I don't know. It's just, I think it's really hard just putting out your own record. It's really hard to just yeah. even figure out how you tell people about it for more than like one day. Like, like it's so easy to do the first thing that's like the new shit's out. Yeah. And I then it's like, what do you do from there? Because the, the message feels like it's simple. And, I, and granted, I, I'm not in the music biz or anything along those lines, but I think the idea kind of extends to, to different art, right? Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about it, just finished reading this Basquiat book and just seeing his setup. It's not the same setup I want, but it's a, it's, it's a similar setup, right? Where it's like, I do art. Pay me in heroin and fucking <laughs> and uh you know put it in the gallery. It's like cut out the heroin. I do podcasts. So I do whatever my thing is. You know whether it's comics, podcasts, whatever. And it's like you somebody else figured this stuff out for me. Let right, me create. Right. And I I think that's like what creators and what artists kind of get caught in. Yeah, that they want to do that. And sometimes you you have like factors that prevent you from putting your stuff out there that yeah. people can check it out and hear it and, and, and be a part of it and enjoy it. And I think having someone that can, or, or, or an institution to set up like structure and yeah. like, here's, I failed at this for a long time. So, or I struggled with this for a long time. So learn from my mistakes. <laughs> you know, I, I did a book on podcasting for in that way. I was like, I've been doing this for like 11 years. I fucked up a lot. This is what you should do to not fuck up. Like I have. Mm. And I think there has to be a roadmap out there yeah. for everyone. So that's I think that's what what, you, what your aim is, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and it's it sounds funny, but like there's even something to just having one other group of people saying your name, like yeah. like like uh, P.T. Burnham in, in Richmond that that uh, he's put out a lot of stuff on, on Cold Rhymes. Yeah, like you know he was getting interviewed about the new album yeah. and like they're like oh cool you're putting out yourself and he's like no it's this label and like ah. it's just us doing it. it's yeah. not like any big deal but it's like it just makes people think of it like oh it's there's some other person somewhere else this that, is real thinks it's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um i mean there there have been different like because the, the main thing that i spent a lot of time doing is is this you know running my lips and 
I mean, just listening to someone, something as small as listening to someone else's podcast that's in a different country. Like, you know, I had someone that was, uh, that did some stuff with, like, I was like, a guy that was a former journalist, he became a porn star, <laughs> and oh. he lived in Toronto. So he and I, we were just ch- chopping it up one day, and we had very similar interests in hip-hop. So he was just like, yeah, big shout-out to, like, one of the scenes he was doing. <laughs> so, like, before, like he was like, oh, he went live right before one of the scenes he was doing. Yeah, shout-out to MTL the Network. And I was like, yo, I was a pre-coitus shout-out. That's <laughs> wild. <laughs> I was like, look, I need to isolate that. <laughs> you do. That's got to become the drop. So, um, so outside of like just the, the structure and providing that kind of infrastructure for, for artists, um, what else is one of the, the things for, for Cole Rhymes and what's one of the things that, or, or any of the things that just separates that from like, like if I, if I were in music and I'm local, I need to go there. What, what, what is, what do you need from me for me to be a part of Cole Rhymes and what is that? I guess it's the culture, I guess, there. Well, what what we've been getting into, like, well, like, it really was just me at mm-hmm. the beginning. And now uh, there's two other people involved, like, like, constantly, which is a, a dude named I Alive out of Philly mm-hmm. and then a rapper named Mr. out of Detroit. <laughs> yeah. And um, the it, it's like we've kind of been trying to do it so that to some degree – uh, each release is like, um, like an in-house production. Okay. Not not like, not like we, you know, have to like do everything. It, it, like with the Suge Knight thing, like <laughs> all in the videos. Yeah, all. yeah. But like, but just like we try to make it like you know a cold rhymes release when you hear I give, it. I get what you're saying. Just in the production. It's like quality so, control. Yeah, yeah. And it, so yeah, it's a lot of and 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 I I think cause and I know I rely on them and our whole kind of collective too for like advice and yeah. like to be like, all right, which of these tracks really need to be given the light of day? Yeah. Or or whatever. And and we we do some of that too. And like we're just trying to make it as much and, and visually too, like yeah. e- everything like has a, a a sound and a look that is specific to us. You know, it's it's, it's a brand. Like I, I watched the show, um, and I always joke about it with my with my girl. But I watched the show uh, Succession, and it was this one line for Brian Cox. It's like you fucking get it, and that's that's <laughs> what I look for with, with anybody. And I think that's the same thing I'm hearing from you, like oh, someone that gets what the vision is they're buying into the vision and able to like move the vision to where where its destination is yeah yeah we're trying we're trying i dig it so let's let's get let's get into you a little bit um first rhymes man what, what was one of the first rhymes that sticks out in your head that you put down either on recording on paper i used to write back in the day yeah and i remember you know, I, I saw this like uh, this dub machine that was like sitting behind some elementary school. Uh-huh. I took that down to my crib, to my uh, my mom's house, went in the basement. I had some goofy beat going on, and it was a freestyle for Macbeth. It was for my class, mm. and I was trying to impress a girl. That was my, that was my first rhyme story. Yeah, <laughs> man, very similar. Oh shit! <laughs> it's like Beowulf. No, <laughs> no, it's just it's just like the same as far as like many years of like uh i i feel like i started rapping in middle school mm-hmm. and it was like 
I, I feel so jealous of people, young kids that start rapping now because it's like your first demo and everything you ever make will sound pretty yeah. good. Uh, yes. Because there's like garage band or oh, whatever, shit. you know. But like it was like years of just like not even knowing what equipment we would want yep. or or need or, or and and like being like, okay, if I record, you know, this play this like bass line into this tape deck and then run that tape deck into another tape deck yeah. and through the splitter, like on like on, you know, record vocals on yeah. so there's so much stuff like that. And like I feel like it all uh was bad <laughs> like like truly like i feel like i i never would like you know how bands do like the re-release of like the early like, demo nah, you don't want those yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly I like like we, we we always have like something in the crib or what have you and you know i went to i went to city like you know so city college what have you yeah. and it was always like nerds but also that creative bunch and i kind of level between like kind of fit in between the two so it's just like you had like a group of like the creative guys and they were they had like pro tools for your loops all of that stuff in the yeah. basement so they were down there like trying to be like the next neptunes or whatever mm. and i remember i was going home because i'm lightweight jealous and like i'm gonna rap over these beats fuck it mm. and i started doing that and i would come there and just like drop like cds in people's hands like yeah yeah check this out <laughs> and it was terrible. <laughs> I went back through and listened to some of that stuff. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? You hate thinking about those CDs floating around out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, so from, from your first project in like what, 2000? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first. So, to, um, to your most recent. Yeah. How have you changed as a, as an artist and like, Give me an example of how that change has happened, like that maturation process. That, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think in some ways you're more aware as as you get better. You, you you're more aware of what will stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. Like like all my albums that I've put out, I I even like the earliest one from yeah from 2000 i still feel proud of it and like i think it's good but yeah but there's just always like moments where it's like you just haven't matured enough to be like uh like okay this is a risk worth taking mm -hmm. like this weird thing i'm about to do is mm -hmm. like the hill i want to die on yeah, yeah. so the verse like stuff that's just like there's definitely shit you go back and listen to where it's like, why did I think this was important to say or, right. or whatever? But I think I think if you keep like devoted to working harder and stuff, you just and keep it as the focus of your life. I think you just get better at being like, what will I still be glad I did like ten years from now or, or yeah. whatever it is, you know? So. With with the creative process, everybody has their own creative process, yeah. right? Mine's usually for for the, for what I do, and it's not the same, but I still think it's a, a creative thing. Where I'll sit there, I do research, I, I get I get uh you know properly uh, intoxicated, <laughs> yeah. you know prepped, you know whether it be caffeine or weed. Uh, what is what is your process in in creating something like how, how what what is needed for you? to to get to that that spot where you're like all right I'm ready to lay down some tracks I'm ready to get this work done, I mean, 
I've, I've always felt like I work pretty slow. Okay. And, um, it, by the way, speaking of, yeah, garbage equipment and <laughs> everything like that, like, yeah. I always feel encouraged. Like, have you ever watched these, uh, oh, what are they called? The rhythm roulette shows? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they had the, the J zone episode and he had like, just like the 1995 computer. And, and I was just like, so encouraged yeah, yeah. about like, like, okay, so it's not just me that's <laughs> out here trying to do it with this like old ass gear and stuff. I mean, that's, but that's like, pretty much my home setup right now. Yeah. It's like 10 year old laptop. Yeah. The, the, the hinge on the clamshell is broken. So I have that connected <laughs> right. to a monitor. Right. And I have the uh, wireless peripherals. <laughs> And then I have it plugged into a mixer. It's right, it's a weird right. setup. Yeah, and I, I've always been that way. I I would love to not be that way one day, but like I've never been. I've never counted on myself working fast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, it just has to take a long time. Mm -hmm. Like I just have to. My like trick has to be just giving myself like twice as much time as I even could think that it could take. Yeah, it's like it's, it's knowing yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and. and I try to, um, and I think this is a hard thing to do while also doing the label stuff, but I try to just like totally black out like the phone and every, like try yeah. to be as much as possible. Like, you know, like I'm starting now and I won't stop until I go to sleep and then I'll worry about emails or whatever else in the morning or whatever it is. That shit will be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, for me, it's just about like giving like as much time as possible to to you know to to make it happen i dig it yeah it was um it was one thing like every now and again like I, I i and it sounds gauche it probably sounds gauche but every now and again i'll go back and i'll write something that i think is kind of slick and i'm like all right cool that's cool and it's one running bit that we've had on like this podcast network for forever uh that me and my co-host dan uh we're in this fake rap group that doesn't exist. And we're, we did a diss track against our actual selves. And I was like, let's just put this on the track. And it's just like, yeah, fuck the kids with Kush. And they're just like doing a track. And I'm like, why am I dissing myself? So every now and again, we'll sit there and we'll write something. We'll come up he's, and he'll say, hey, man, let's put it on wax, man. Let's do it. I was like, you know, I'm writing your rhymes, right? And, you know, it'll be, it'll be something cool. But I remember I caught myself one time where, uh, I listened to a lot of currency um, at a certain point, and I remember he, he was talking about how when he is writing, he doesn't listen to anything that's current or anything that's in the last five years because he doesn't want his shit sound like anybody else's mm. shit. And I did an experiment, like in just me passively writing shit. And it's like, all right, I could tell what I was listening to at the time when I wrote this because I hear the influence in there of what I was listening to a lot. Do you feel, or what influences do you have, and how have they shaped how either you write or how you put out a track or how you even put out instrumentals or pick out your instrumentals? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good question. Like, I feel like I, I don't ever think it would be an issue. Like, um, I, I mean, I feel like there's certain rappers that just like, this is not a not a diss, but <laughs> but like you heard it first, folks. <laughs> I feel like um, like Action Bronson to yeah. me is someone that's like he just let it roll with the influence, and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Like and like I feel like there's certain people that do that, and yeah. even like 
I, I think about like like Slick Rick and Dana Dane. Yeah. They were ju- they were just kind of like this is what we sound like as yeah. a as two separate rappers. Yeah. Or so. and, and it's like I I I think it's like weird stuff can happen like that, but but I don't know. I just couldn't see. I mean, maybe it's just being this like weird nerd like suburban nerd or whatever but like i can't like like ice cube was like one of my absolute favorites when i was younger but like i couldn't sound like him if i tried (laughs) you you know like that would be amazing if i saw it like oh yeah oh oh so this is what we're doing (laughs) yeah so so it's like i've never felt i've never felt like that because i i I feel like i hear that all the time and i hear comedians say that too like they're worried they're if they like watch like stand-up specials and stuff mm. that they'll just accidentally repeat those jokes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a thing of like paying homage and, and people, they, they look at, I guess they have like maybe heroes of people that they're like, all right, I see what you're doing. I like what yeah. you're doing. I like the way that you do it. And it's like, you may want to put your own thing on it. And that's, you know, it's just what it is. Like everybody has their own style, I think. And right. if you're going to do something, it's like, it's all right to pay homage. It's all right to, you know, say, all right, I dig what this person is doing, but know what your thing is too. Yeah. And I think that's what that is. Yeah. And I I also think there's a thing where like um, people, I think there's some things that are more acceptable to borrow from than others. Sure. Like, like I just think about like, like blues stuff, mm-hmm. like, nothing is not influenced by blues yeah. like even stuff that's meant to sound like it's not like yeah. even like kraut rock and stuff like that it's still as like that's still like they're trying not to sound like yeah, the blues, yeah. but it still is like that but like then the, then i feel like there's other stuff where there can only be one of that thing it's like, like highlander situation <laughs> yeah yeah like, like uh like are are you familiar with like King Crimson's catalog at all? Uh, I know a few songs like that kind of pop on with Spotify, but not the full catalog. Yeah, like <coughs> they have one album where they just sound to me exactly like Talking Heads. Okay, yeah, and the and like the the singer sounds exactly like David Byrne, and it's like it's like ah, uh, there can't be, there can be like ten thousand people that sound like robert johnson and it's fine but there can't be yeah. two david burns right like, you, you know what i mean no, I get so, what you're saying, yeah. so i feel like everybody has their own like editor inside that kind of like keeps track of like if you're you, you know what i mean yeah it's like it's like let me sort this one out real quick yeah it's kind yeah. of that it's like all right i see what you're doing i, I see what, what what you're trying to put here but that's a little too specific a little too niche and that person, like using using the burn example, it's just like if you're aping elements of his style, like it was something I was listening to earlier, like called Glass. I forget that like Glass Party or something, mm. and it has an '80s vibe, and it sounds speci- like exactly like another band. Right, like, right. There are some influences here, and I see where their difference is at. I was like, yeah, I feel like this is just one project. I feel like the next one's gonna be different. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm hoping it's just that. Um, so one of the things we like to cover outside of the 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 art element and all of that um kind of stuff because that's that's important because I think Baltimore's for artists. Uh, yeah. 
let's let's get into Baltimore a little bit. Um, so you're from here, no? Or I'm County? from Catonsville. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I heard shade thrown it. That's always shade. The county. That's always shade. Yeah. I was working on this uh, really Baltimore centric. It's, it's, it's me ripping off. Uh, it's, it's a treatment at this point, but it's me ripping off the Warriors. And I was like, let's make it Baltimore centric. And I just want one line that shades the county. It's like the guys, the protagonists in the story, they're running away from the bad guys. And it's actually in this part of town, by the way. And it's like, we got to get to the train station. If we can get to Owens Mills, nobody goes to Owens Mills. <laughs> and one of the guys is like, I don't want to fucking go to Owens Mills. I'm going to die. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's got to be in there somewhere. Because I think that's a regular feeling. Um, what would you say the biggest um, misconception is about Baltimore? Man. Um, I mean, I feel like the obvious one is that it's like the wire. You get it. I mean, <laughs> it's like... It's so frustrating because like, and I've heard other people say this too, like going on tour, mm -hmm. it's like, you'll be in Detroit and people will be like, is it really like on the wire? It's like, it's like, well, look around you. Like, you, like every city in America is the like, the shit for years. <laughs> yeah. has like the wire part of it. Yeah. And I don't know. They wouldn't make a HBO show about like, Hamden, because it's who cares here, but like you, you know what i mean here, here's the thing like i you know going to morgan and, and being there with people who are from the area and kind of outside of the area same questions right yeah and i have a relatively intimate kind of relationship with that thing like the corner and the wire like i went to the city the guy that co-wrote it was one of my teachers <laughs> so like i'm around this shit and you know, hearing it and kind of going through the different programs and stuff that were depicted in some of the seasons, I'm like, yeah, what's different from what's different in that? If they're saying Baltimore is essentially that, then Chicago is the shy, right? It, you know, is right. New York like New York Undercover? I don't know what show they have now, yeah, or SVU or whatever. It's low. No, it's fiction. Stop being influenced by fiction. And I don't, I don't think the that's what the people were. Like David Simon and what's the other guys? Um, that's uh, Ed Burns. Yeah, or, or yeah, I like. I don't think they, I don't think that's what they were trying to say. They were trying no. to tell the story of like American cities and like yes, everything else. And like, I think it. Um, and oh, when when I toured uh, in England, mm -hmm. that it was like crazy. Then this is not long ago, <laughs> but every person wanted to talk about the wire holy shit and it's like it's like it it seems like it just really like captivated them yeah and it's like i mean i don't know it's a again it's like being over there it's like a pretty there's places over there where it's a pretty desperate situation yeah too where it maybe wasn't I don't know, 30 years ago or something. You can just so. say you're going to Top Boy Land or whatever. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, that. right, right. I mean, I felt I felt like a celebrity this one time when I was in uh, Clovis, New Mexico. I have a half-brother that lives out there. and Whoa. I, I got to ask you about that. Okay. I, I have a, a obsession with Clovis, New Mexico. Okay. So uh, he's uh, he was out there. And when my um, younger brother and, and I came out there, 
and it's not too many black people there. Yeah. And he was just like, yo, they from Baltimore and they're killers. They on a wire. And it's like everyone's just coming up there just asking us questions. It's like, <laughs> right. is there really that many drugs there? It's like, right, right. yeah, we sit on couches everywhere and shit. <laughs> yeah, we use nail guns. We fake murders. It was like a lot of wild shit we were saying. And I was like, I'll, I'll whore out to be a celebrity for a bit. <laughs> so, it, it, and that's and that's kind of the genesis of me doing this podcast and, and having people on to show like, you know, we're not all fucking, we're not all what it's depicted on television and what it's depicted yeah. in media. It's a diverse tapestry of people. I, I can literally go down the street from here and run into one of two things. Someone has corrupt me or like locally sourced fucking like gluten-free yeah. pasta. I, I don't know if that happens in a war zone. I don't know if both of those things happen. <laughs> right, right, right. I think it's the good and it's yeah. the bad. Um, or it's the savory and the not as savory. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know. There's just like, I, I think, I think the thing that was powerful about the show sure. was that um, I think there are people that are in, obviously, in Baltimore that are in the most desperate of situations and it it is kind of like their couple blocks is the their whole universe yes because they're just trapped yeah and it's like I think they did a good job of like like conveying that feeling or something yeah they but but like too good a job to where people think that that is, that is legit yeah, like that. There's no other experience or something. True, absolutely. Um, I think they definitely hit on the uh, that the region, the regionality of it all. Yeah, where you'll talk to somebody that's from like West Baltimore, and they like West Baltimore is a different city. I know from East Baltimore. I was like, uh, you know, like I don't leave over East. I know. It's like, wow. I f <laughs> that's something as a as a county to city transplant <laughs> i feel like i'll never truly understand because like um it's the baltimore l <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i remember talking with uh, are you familiar with butch dawson uh vaguely yes yeah, yeah. we we're it's friends just, on uh instagram yeah it's like oh no i'm sorry i'm mixing up two conversations in my mind like this was Al Rogers saying this. Okay. Are, are you familiar with him? I am not. Oh, yeah, but um, he was he was saying like um, he was like, yeah, it seems that way to you, but it's you know, it, it seems like there's not a big cultural difference, but just there is. There, there you is. know what I mean. There, that, there is, yeah. But what is it? <laughs> uh, it's gold teeth. No. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing, like. I like I've spent the majority of my life in on the east side and there's just like a, a stark just just different like energy different vibe uh seems like it's a lower at least in my experience a uh, lower tolerance for bullshit over west like east we're trying to finesse you west mm, you, you might get murked mm. it's, it's kind of that it's like temper temper seem to be a little quicker over over west over east and the houses are different too. It's like we have all of like these townhouses over here. Yeah. Like in the east for the most part. For, again, from the areas I've been in. Uh but over there it's like you got more land, you got more space. I don't know. It's just I don't know. I don't know what the major the major thing is, but it's when you're around it, you see it and then you can't like unsee it. Uh. You can't like yeah. unsee it. You had to just be dipped in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh and also it's it's kind of the malls too. 
The mm. malls are the thing. Like, as a person who lived in malls for a long time, like, always there chopping, I don't fuck with Mondalman. <laughs> I, it's just, I don't know. I can't bang with it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's let's get to the the latter parts of this uh, this this session we have going on here. Um, so we talked about misconceptions a little bit. Uh, where do you where do you think Baltimore is heading, and where do you think Cole Rhymes fits in that? Like whether it be through the artist standpoint, or where do you think it's heading? Man, well, <coughs> I don't know. It's definitely an interesting time as far as Baltimore. I I think. I always I'd like to get your perspective on this. I always try to ask people about this, but sure. like, do you feel like it's the cultural part of Baltimore is like on the rise, or it's kind of like in a I don't know decline a little bit? I I think there are people out there that are trying to protect what the culture means and what it means to be here and what it means to be from here. Uh, but I think that that's slowly wiping away uh, due to gentrification, due to just a lot of different things. And but gentrification is the, the main part of it. Like mm. you people always always get on this whole rant about you know at one point people were moving out to the county because the county had different you know attributes that they felt were advantageous for them, and then the city is depicted as being violent and so on, but they're steady building lofts in places that in a few years, a lot of these people who thought they were going to the prosperous place of being in the county couldn't afford to go back to Right, it. right. So it's like the people that made up Baltimore being replaced by transplants. And I, I think that kind of takes away from what it is to be a Baltimorean. You got to have some type of balance there. I think. Yeah. Um, like I bought a house actually, in the neighborhood I grew up in as a, like a, you know, young teenager. So being back over there and seeing how much change has happened over like about 20 years, it's just like, all right, I see, I see what's happening here. And one of the things like I look at of who, and, and from a pop culture standpoint, right? Who is the representative from Baltimore? And that list is getting shorter. It feels like. That's, that's what I'm feeling too. Yeah. I'm feeling like, kind of like, there was a point where, I mean, there's always, always been so much stuff happening in Baltimore. Yeah. I like, and and like, I don't know. I feel like you could go back forever, and um, like from the beginning of there being people here, there's always interesting yeah. shit going on, and, and like, I think it feels, it feels to me kind of like there was a, a period. Like, like I saw a huge change in the early 2000s mm -hmm. where, um, are you familiar with Dan Deacon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, to me, he played a big role in like, 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 cause, cause we were friends like when, when, uh, I used to go up and play at his college, at Purchase College in New York. And then when he moved here, I, I think he was one of these people that was just like such a great organizer and facilitator of like like he saw a lot of shit like oh there's these giant like rooms in the copycat where yeah. you know we can set up shows we can do this we can do that and and like i feel like there was almost this peak in the early 2000s of sure. of like of like all these artists whether they're coming in from other places or or people that grew up here figuring out like 
like, oh, let's mobilize people. Let's yeah. get this going. Let's get that going. And then I feel like that kind of stopped. Like, like I feel like maybe it's so there are certain areas that are so gentrified at this point that the type of person that's moving in, they're like, we don't care what you guys have going on. And, and right. that's and that's one of the things. Like, I at one point, um, like over the summer. I, I don't want to say the name of the place because I, I may I may still have a conversation with them, but it's a it's a college here that's known for creative things. Okay. And uh, you know, they 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 hadn't set up over there in the neighborhood and they had like like artist space, essentially. And, you know, I hit them up and they said, Oh yeah, we'd love you to come around there. And I was like, I live two minutes from your building, like, let's let's talk. So we go through, we see their whole community arts thing. And I went there with my other po my other co um, podcast co-hosts, and we went there like representing our banner, and we were there representing our banner and as part of the community, and we had our piece on it. And just listening to the a lot of people who have been around, who have been like historians for like that East Baltimore footprint, mm. just kind of calling them carpetbaggers, and just like we don't want you here because you're going to be here for a minute, get our stories, and then you're going to go. And you're going to like, you know, profit off of it. You're going right. to do this. You're gonna, it's that inclination. And that program somehow disappeared. Yeah. And and, yeah. and, and one other thing I'll, I'll touch on. Why is it like that whole 12 o'clock boys movie? Like not the documentary, but the movie, the charm city Kings or whatever the fuck. That's, oh, I didn't know. I know there's a documentary, but there's so like a, they're doing a um, scripted movie. Yeah. I believe yeah. that Jada Pinkett and Will Smith and Meek Mill are involved and Barry <laughs> Jenkins is one of the uh, writers on it. And I was just like, so nobody from Baltimore can tell this story. Mm. Nobody. Yeah. And I was like, so Philadelphia, they have their scene. I get it. But nobody from Baltimore. Right. Right. And I was just like, why don't we have that? Right. Like, why, right. why is it that way? And I think your, your point is very solid where at a certain point, it's just went away. Right. It's just like early 2000s. We're going to work on it. We're going to work on it. People collaborate. People get to know yeah. each other. And because at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's, you ever watch Hip Hop Evolution? I love it. So the New Orleans episode is the, is the one I like the most. My favorite place outside of here is New Orleans. It was great. Yeah. And when the, the lady on there said, um, yeah, New Orleans is an ass kissing city. And, you know, we love you once you're on. And I was just like, and Baltimore isn't? That's exactly what I said. My girl just looked oh, at me and laughed. Yeah, that that's the thing. It seems like there's, it, it, this is how I would describe it. Yeah. Like, there's people that are moving here. And like I'm saying, it's kind of a different type of person. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like <coughs> working, like working professionals sure. that maybe, maybe still have some kind of interest in arts or whatever. But they're like. They're like, got it. Like Beach House, John Waters, <laughs> Dan Deacon. And yeah. the, it's like Future Islands. It's like everything that's official already. Yeah. They're kind of like. Poe, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and just like, and we eat crabs. And, you yeah. know, and it's like, that's, it's it's just like, it's all established already. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, that's fine. It's like, I don't think, I don't think every, every, city can be this kind of place where things just constantly evolve sure like i think there has to be these like periods of like retraction or something but absolutely but but it is kind of like alarming i guess because like like i like one of my favorite cities to play is atlanta mm -hmm. and 
um, there's a group there called Difference Machine that uh, I couldn't recommend them highly enough. <laughs> like, like it's so tight, but yeah, like, yeah. um, like, th- like I feel like in a city like that, it's like when when I've played there with them, or you know, side projects with them and their their label and stuff. Yeah. It the shows go great. Yeah. If you play without them, it's not shit because uh... it's like. It's like, it's a big city, so there's a lot of competition. Totally, but there's enough people there, and and enough, I guess, like support for arts and stuff that that it um there can be these weird little pockets that yeah. that pop off and stuff. And I feel like it's it's different here because there's just not that many people here. Right. So it's like if you see like you know places where there used to be artists being replaced by more yuppies it's like it's and then just abandoned houses and stuff it's like it's like this is not it feels like it's just like feast or famine and there's like no room for people in the middle to that's why i support a place like this yeah Ultimately, because yeah. you know, like you, you do, do you remember the Annex Theater? Downtown? Oh yeah, I like the first live show that that I did that I did the whole process for, like mapping out all of it. I was like everything. That, that was kind of what uh, uh me and uh, eighty three were talking about. Like I'm the this, I'm the artist, I'm the all of that yeah. shit. And I went there the other day, and I was fucking crestfallen. I went by it, um, just you know, getting something to eat downtown. And it's been replaced by like some type of like credit card thing, right? And right. it's like, what the fuck is this? Right. And I was like, I got memories in this building, <laughs> right? Right. Um. So we're gonna get ready to wrap up here. Uh, two things. Um, advice, piece of advice you would give to someone that's looking to add that that structure around their creativity to add that that kind of component and your social media shout out. What do you got coming up and all the good stuff? So spin it. All right. So. I guess as far as advice, as far as organization and stuff, I, I would say um, if you, no matter how insane it feels or how like desperate you feel or anything like that, like um, I would say just putting yourself out there and being like, this is what I have to offer. You, I feel like you just will find people that uh, have a, that appreciate that yeah and and like and like the you know if if you're willing to just like be humble and like keep working and be open to other people there's there's people out there that will give the give the same thing back i i, I would say and and it's it's worth it to do in, in a in a in a world like i feel like the music world in general there's a lot of like flakes and just crazy people and stuff they, so there are <laughs> but like if you are not like that you will find other people that are not like that and, That's and, gem right there, <laughs> and then um as far as uh cold rhymes we're this year we're doing an album every month and um next up is uh a album by artemis out of dc and it's it's an album i i did all the beats for nice and uh it's a it, we've known each other for a long time it's our first time collaborating so uh probably that that'll be you know that'll be out on the first of march good shit so that's what's coming up next
Good shit. Uh, social media, where can he find you? Where can he find Cole Rhymes? All right. So there's heightkeach.com and um, coldrhymesrecords.com, the Cold Rhymes Records Bandcamp. <laughs> and um, that's it. And everything else, just search Height Keach or Cold Rhymes Records. You'll find it. Well, this has been great. Man, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for Such coming a on. Pleasure. This is this has been dope, and this has been a episode of Getting to the Truth in This Art. Till next time, it's been real. Be